Hello and welcome back to another episode of Awesome Film Fanatics, and I'm your host Casey Abramson. This is Lee Hall. And today on this episode, we have, you know, pretty much a discussion and maybe a little bit of a debate about chick flicks since for some reason we've been watching them quite a bit. Well, they're funny. Some of them are, not not all all of them. them. Not all of them. But interestingly enough, you actually introduced me to some funny ones like the hot chick. Uh, Even though (laughs) it's... Which I was not expecting to be good at all. I mean, it's not good. It's not Oscar worthy, but it's just one of those things where you just want to... After like a long day, you're like, let me just watch something weird. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Not good, but funny. Oh, yeah, yeah. Funny, like, yeah. If anything, a lot of films that people admire, they're not good, but they're just fun to watch. That's true. That's very true. Uh, yeah, Rob Schneider, <laughs> Rachel McAdams. That was weird. That was a weird combo. Would you do the same thing if you woke up as a girl in that way? Would I faint? Or scream? Like, no, actually, no. Since you're a guy, you end up having... You end up having Rachel McAdams. You end up having you. You end up having Rachel McAdams. You end up having Rachel McAdams. You know, body and everything. Yeah, and friends and everything. I don't know. I probably I probably do the Rob Schneider reaction and go, "Where's Rob?" <laughs> yeah. Oh gosh. <sighs> wonder if that actually can actually no never mind <laughs> i don't want to know if that really happened in real life <laughs> um, unless that, there's a thing unless that's what transgender people feel but that's another situation yeah that's a completely different situation yeah uh, besides when that happens they know what they're doing Oh, that's true. It doesn't true. just happen overnight by like unknowing mag- to them or like magic yeah. with these earrings Oh, the clothes were ridiculous. <laughs> oh, my God. I don't... Oh, God. Fashion during the 1990s, early 2000s was something. Like, jeans everywhere, really bright colors, funky hairstyles. Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> Compared to now, it's like... Oh. Really outrageous. Yeah. In a way. Well, the film was outrageous itself. Well, that too, but the clothes, I I can imagine a lot of people just cringing if they see photos of themselves back in the early 2000s. And oh, like, yeah, big time. I cringe when I look at my high school photos. Oh, God, everyone does then yeah. again. Uh, yeah, I highly recommend yeah. the hot chick. <laughs> and then you also have, like, the chick flicks that the boys really don't want to watch with the girls, like The Notebook. The, I didn't think the movie was bad. I thought it was actually pretty good. Stupid. The I feel like that and A Walk to Remember are the only two films that did very well portraying the books, unlike the other books that other films that were portrayed um, by with um, unlike the other um, movies that were portrayed by. Oh my god! I like the other. Think about it. <laughs> oh god! Unlike the other films that are all also based on Nicholas Sparks' novels, <laughs> uh, and 
Yes. I will admit, I did enjoy A Walk to Remember, and I saw it when I was, like, really, really little, like, mm-hmm. elementary school little, and guess who showed it to me? Your friends. Yes. <laughs> and, again, I, I got emotional. I really got emotional. I mean, there's this stereotype that chick flicks are so, I guess, girly? I don't, they I, call it chick flick for a reason. With, um... Like stupid love stories yeah. and um, unrealistic boy, like the love interest and that sort of thing. But okay, some of them do, but some of them don't. Yeah. I feel like I feel like Pitch Perfect changed that. Oh yeah, I don't know how to describe it. When the franchise came out, it sparked like. A totally different genre, I feel like. Yeah, they changed the chick pl- the chick flick genre to girl power. Without being a political statement. Because yeah. Legally Blonde is a girl power comedy, too. Yeah, that too. But they, they, um, they didn't push it. Because no, it's, just, it's just a simple plot, you know, little characters. And it's funny. Yeah, and nothing too drastic. Just a blonde who wanted to go to law school. That's all. No big deal. What happened last year? Yeah. Uh, excuse me? What happened last year? And you guys want to see a dead body? <laughs> <laughs> and I like that. You don't really hear a lot of movies about acapella. At least not that I know of. That's probably the only film that at least I know of, or at the very least the most popular film about acapella. Yeah, they, um, yeah, whoever wrote this is a genius. Well, for the first film, the other two films are okay, but they're pretty good. But the first one really kaboomed into, like, something. Yeah, exactly, because if you really watch the film, it's not necessarily about the acapella. Like, if you really look at the movie, it's about the girls. Oh, yeah. And their relationships with each other. And they're all wacky. In their own way. Yeah, each of them has, like, their own um, individual trait. Yeah, and I like how um, they don't really emphasize that that much. Because they are more than just that personality trait. Yeah, but if you really look at all of them, each and every one of them has, like, their own thing that they contribute somehow to the group. Oh, yeah. Like, Lily's the quiet one. Um Anna, Anna's the feisty one. Oh, yeah, feisty mouse. Yeah. Um, I guess you could say um, Chloe is the um, giddy one. Oh, yeah. Uh, Rebel's the weird one. I think they're all weird, but I agree. No, the super weird one. Yeah. Oh, and I love the uh, friendship between Becca and Chloe. <laughs> it's one. It's a really cute friendship that you just want to be like, <laughs> And you get so excited. And I love, um, you could definitely tell they're really close friends, especially in, um, I believe, the second one where they share an umbrella when they went oh, to. Yeah. Um, no, all fish, I checked. Yes. So, like little things like that. Yeah. And then there was also, um, oh my God, what was it? Um, what were we talking about? The heat? Yeah, the heat. Yeah. Is that considered a chick flick? I would call it more girl power. 
But, yeah, but a buddy film. It's got like a real oh. Thelma and Louise feel to it. Oh, isn't that a chick flick too? No. Oh, it's no, not? No one considers Thelma and Louise a chick flick. Okay. They cons- they call it a roadie film. What's a roadie film? I guess like a film. That takes on the road. Yeah, because they are on a road trip. Throughout the film? Throughout the whole film, yeah. Okay. That, that's what happens. They, um, they're just like two friends. They decide to go on a getaway for a little bit. Mm-hmm. And Susan Sarandon's character ends up killing a man who tries to rape Gina Davis. Oh, wow. And they end up going on the run from the cops. Oh, okay. Because Susan Sarandon went through something like this similar. And when she went to the police, it didn't go well. Oh. And along the way, they become criminals. Okay. Yeah. So, like, Bonnie and Clyde? A little bit, yeah. <laughs> it, it's it's really funny, but it's really good. Mm-hmm. And, again, it's one of those films where you totally believe in the friendship between Gina Davis and Susan Sarandon. Don't you like films like that? I do. I do. Oh, that reminded me for some reason. Is Chicago a... No, or it's just no. solely musical. That's really yeah. it. Yeah, no. Because you mentioned those two running from the cops, and I remember Renee Zellweger's character killed someone. Yeah, no, if, any, if anything, that film gives women a bad name. Renee's character annoyed the living hell out of me. I could not even finish watching it because she really annoyed me so much. That was the whole point, though, of I, her character. Then I will not be able to watch the movie. It's not. I mean, the musical numbers are really good. Oh yeah, oh yeah. It's a it's a good musical. I've heard. Even John C. Riley managed to sound good. Oh, he did. He really sang. He did. Oh really? But it was a very low pitched song. Mm, okay. Yeah, it was uh, Mr. Cellophane. Okay. Yeah. How's his acting? As good as of voice? Of course. <laughs> it's John C. Riley. Like that's one thing I like about him. He could do both comedic and dramatic roles. Mm-hmm. Which apparently will can too. Yes. Oh, they're Step Brothers. Step Brothers. Well, it's not a chick flick, but. Still. Well, that's something that we actually thought we could talk about for this episode. Kind of a bit of a comparison between chick flicks and uh, what is it? Um, Brocoms. I I don't think there's a name for it. Yeah. I only hear chick flicks, chick flicks, chick flicks because it rhymes and. But I'm pretty sure our listeners will know what we're talking about. Like the four year old virgin, knocked up, forgetting Sarah Marshall. Oh, those comedies. Yeah. Oh, like the raunchy R rate like PG thirteen to R rated yeah, films. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> like uh, American Pie is completely unrealistic. I really don't understand how that became a hit. Like granted, we were too young to even even know what the hell's going on in it but it's just yeah but someone putting their penis in a pie that's funny to anybody but it's not even a good movie no it's not it's that's what i don't movie. understand and then and then um i don't know who started whoever's friends with seth rogan and judge apatow they then started to write smart stupid comedies if that makes any sense and i think you mentioned i asked you when did this started to become a thing and you mentioned the 40 year old version being most likely being the very first to start this movement of comedies like that yeah exactly because usually 
with films like that, it's about like, you know, a girl trying to get her first kiss or, you know, trying to find Mr. Right. Mm -hmm. But they turned the tables and it wasn't a teenage boy. It was a 40 year old man. Like very, not within the norm that you would expect for films like that. It was new. It was fresh. Yeah. And the comedy, like the writing is very smart. I don't think a lot of people expected that because you're so, people are so used to American Pie. Yeah. Oh, and I feel like a lot of people don't really notice it when they watch the film now because they're just so focused on the content. Yeah. Oh, even Roger Ebert enjoyed The Hangover, the first Hangover. The Hangover is so funny. It's so smart. I was amazed by it. How yeah, smart no. it is. He said, this is exactly what he said. This is what I'm looking for. A hilarious comedy that is hilarious from beginning to end. Yes. I told you that was a good movie. <laughs> Hangover. Yeah, like even, even the editing credits, it's so funny. I don't know why. It's, just it's perfect because everyone's wondering what did happen last night. Oh, they have photos. Oh, and my God. It's so... I see Carrot Top. Oh, my God. Oh. <laughs> <sighs> And then there's um, Super Bad. Super Bad. Oh, there's uh, Twenty One Jump Street. <laughs> oh, my. I would go. I wouldn't say that's like a, a bro com though. I feel like that's just a pure comedy. Okay, well, it is based off, I believe, a TV show. Yeah, that made Johnny Depp famous. Yeah. Which, which is why they put him in there. Yeah. That's funny because we were once Jump Streeters. Oh, I. Well, I like how smart it is, too. Yeah. We were saying a comedy is smart, but the writing's really good. That's all I'm saying. Well, the writing does does have to be good because, believe it or not, there are some films that have amazing actors, but when I look at the the criticisms and the comments and stuff like that, Mm -hmm. they say the writing is horrible. And... Yeah, that's to show you that just because you happen to have an A-lister doesn't mean the film will automatically be good. Like, what was that that one film that has, like, all-star cast about, like, a hip-hop producer with, like, John Travolta? Oh, Be Cool? Yeah. Yeah, that was an F. Gary Gray film. Mm -hmm. And speaking of which, he directed a girl power comedy called uh, Set It Off. Oh, yeah, I haven't seen it. But it was more more like Thelma and Louise. Mm Mm-hmm. Like, um, they all band together to rob banks and make good money. Yeah. Um, there's also Mean Girls, which, <laughs> I mean, yes, it that, was. That's a chick flick. It was in the middle of the 2000s, but it was nothing, there was nothing like that before, during that time especially. Yeah, it's true. Oh, my God. And I'm sure you might know people who will say any reference from that movie heck it's it used to be the most you know ref, um what's the wording a lot of people would say quotes from that movie a lot and then pitch perfect came in and then people were <laughs> were then saying quotes for that film right now yeah exactly oh my god <laughs> It's also like when the four-year-old virgin came out, people were like, do men really have conversations like that? Oh, yeah. They do, but they're not that bad. Oh, yeah. They're not that bad. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, and then you have, oh, you have the, um, uh, knocked up. And it's not a chick flick, but, uh. It may as well be. 
Catherine Heigl. Yeah, because but let's face it, it shows the struggles of both man and woman. Oh God, I was questioning: Are women really, you know, questioning well, all that? I mean, not questioning, really react like that. I'm sure if you if you got pregnant by a stoner who's going nowhere in life. Oh my God. That would freak anybody out. Oh yeah, definitely. <laughs> oh. I had to sacrifice my job, my body, my youth, my vagina. You sacrificed your <laughs> vagina? Yes, it will never look the same after this. Oh God. Well, yeah, there's um. Yeah, I mean, could you really blame her? It, it's horrible. Yeah. Oh, there's um. Oh, that reminded me. There's Pineapple Express. Oh, stoner comedies. Yeah, and then there's um, the interview. <laughs> They're all connected somehow. Seth Rogen. Well, not I don't, not every single one of them is a Seth Rogen film, yeah. but. But Seth really did play a big part. Yeah, but those three types of films are connected somehow: chick flicks, brocoms, and stoners films. Um. Hmm. Because they all have a similar type of comedy. Yeah, I don't. Hmm. But those comedies, there's something about them that really different. Uh, really makes them different from all the other genres. If that, if that makes any sense. Elaborate. Here, I'm trying to. I don't know how to describe it. So. Give it a shot. Uh, I really don't know. <laughs> Uh, I mean, maybe um, with um, writing comedies are is very hard. It is. So I can imagine how the heck do they come up with all these ideas? Yeah, uh, I mean, I I think it all stems from real life experiences. Oh dear God! <laughs> Did anyone ever experience interviewing the man from? North Korea like that or maybe they had a dream oh god like isn't that how Sausage Party came up oh that too or no 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 acid acid they, yeah they got high on acid and then they imagined the food talking to them oh oh and I don't think a lot of people know that James Franco actually has um a high IQ yeah a 120 oh yeah <laughs> and then you see James like huh <laughs> oh my gosh it's the people that you think aren't smart that are the smartest people ever. Yeah, Seth Rogen managed to write, produce, direct, yeah. everything. Yeah, Kevin Smith calls him the most productive stoner ever. Oh, I like his laugh. Yeah, I got um, yeah, I got you to watch more chick flicks. You did. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You just bought them. Plus, um, some of them remind me of childhood, like The Princess Diaries. It's really, it's a really cute movie. Yeah, Princess Diaries is cute. Anne Hathaway and Jodie Julie, Foster, Julie Andrews. Jo- Jodie Foster. Yeah, all right, all right. <laughs> That'll be interesting, jo- Jodie Foster. Yeah. I like that Julie Andrews, I think that's just her in real life. Probably not, but the va- she could just be classy, but really cool at the same time yeah i could see that being her in real life mm-hmm. i see what you mean by that because she seems like a really cool person yes and 
she's actually talented too, yeah. which is a really nice. Oh, didn't you say that um, Lily, the best friend, was in an Eli Roth film? Which one was it? Or um, oh yeah, <laughs> oh my god, this was so damn weird. <laughs> This was so damn weird. Um, she was in Hostel 2. Eli Roth's Hostel 2. If anyone hasn't seen Hostel, go and see it. Unless you're insanely, uh, unless you're insanely squeamish. Uh, fair warning. The story plot isn't good, but the blood and the gore is actually pretty impressive. Yeah. So I will give him credit for that. Uh, hey, that's Greg Nicotero magic. Mm-hmm. But um, in the second one, instead of being focused around three guys, it's mm-hmm. focused around three girls. Mm-hmm. And Lily, I forget the actress's name, she mm-hmm. plays one of the characters. Oh, and God. she gets captured, and she's hanging naked, upside down, above this bathtub, and then up from ropes. And these guys come in with blowtorches, and they light like a ton of these candles all over the place. And then this woman in a silk red robe walks in with a scythe, takes off the <laughs> robe and lays naked in the bathtub and starts cutting at her back uh-huh. with the scythe and literally, literally takes a bloodbath. Uh-huh. <laughs> and you, wait, you saw that film before The Princess Diaries. Before The Princess Diaries. That's why it was so weird seeing her in that movie. Oh, like, wait, she's best friend to Anne Hathaway. Last I saw her, she was hanging upside down but with rope naked, getting her back cut up with a scythe. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> That was a sick scene, too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Almost as sick as the eyeball scene. In the first one. In the first one, yeah. Almost. Yeah. Not completely there, but almost. Yes. <laughs> and the weird thing is, I don't see that much films about comedies like that lately. Or I should say, like comedies like that lately. Except for maybe blockers, maybe? Yeah, that that looks like it could come from the mind of Judd Apatow. But not that much. There lately. was also there was also tag. Oh yeah, with um Hawkeye. Yeah, they say that's literally based on a true story. Oh, don't you just like that? I do. <laughs> like it literally says on the cover, based on a true story. We're not kidding. Oh my gosh. Yeah, I do wonder what they're doing now. <laughs> What, what would you do? What would you do if we were on the altar and Felix just ran up to me and tagged me? I want to join <laughs> playing tag. Oh yeah, and then there's that car with the funeral. Oh God! God. <laughs> That's just the chief shot. I know, <sighs> but I do wonder what Judd and um, Seth Rogen are doing. Oh, isn't um Juno? A Judd Apatow? No, no, it's not. Oh, it looks like it, kind of. Kind of. It's too serious to okay. be a Judd Apatow movie. Like, Judd Apatow's films, if you really look at them, they are serious. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, the emotional moments between Catherine and Seth and Knocked Up, the emotional moments between um, Catherine Keener and um, Steve Carell and the four-year-old virgin mm-hmm. and Mila Kunis and Jason uh, Seigel and Forgetting Sarah Marshall. Oh, that just reminded me. Ted is also a very smart comedy. Yes, that comes from the mind of Seth <laughs> MacFarlane. Now, I'm not a fan of Family Guy. I don't think it's funny, but I love Ted. 
And Ted too. Yeah, Ted too is hilarious. <laughs> yeah, Ted is adorable. The teddy bear. And then he opens his exactly. mouth. Exactly. I was just about to say. And then what did you say? And then he, he opens his, his mouth. mouth. <laughs> oh, and then <laughs> and he looks so cute in his little tux when he's going to court. Oh my gosh. And going to get a job and he's getting married. <laughs> oh. <sighs> Let's go get your face. Okay. <laughs> Great movies. Yes. Well, that's all the time that we have for this episode. So, for Awesome Film Fanatics, I'm your host, Casey Abramson. This is Lee Hall. We're signing off.